Evening, church. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 35 tonight. So if you have a Bible, turn there. If you'd like to use one of the Pew Bibles, you can find it on page 630. Page 630, one of those black Pew Bibles right in front of you. So as you're turning there, uh, let me give us a quick flyby of the context of Isaiah. This will be really brief overview. But Isaiah is writing to God's people at a time of great wickedness. God's had enough. So through his prophet Isaiah, God proclaims that Israel will be judged severely, even taken away, gone into exile, practically wiped out. But God will preserve a remnant of his people, like he promised. So it's salvation of God's true people through judgment, through judgment of unbelieving Israel and judgment of the nations around them. That could be like an overview, a thematic overview of the, of the whole book. What we see here is God will not forget his promises to Abraham, right? God's going to bless the whole world through the nation Israel. And one day, this is where we're picking up in chapter 35, one day there will be a new Jerusalem, a new Zion, where all God's promises will be fulfilled for all time. Everlasting bliss and glory forever. That's what chapter 35 is looking towards. So now that we hear that context, it's glorious, right? We're talking about heaven. It's an amazing picture of of our future hope. We're going to zoom in on on verses 3 and 4. So look down at verses 3 and 4. In the context of this heavenly vision... These verses we're about to read remind us, actually, that we're not there yet. We'll see. So verses 3 and 4. Strengthen the weak hands. Steady the shaking knees. Say to the cowardly, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. So what? Why did these commands, in the context that we just heard, why did these commands need to be here in the middle of this text? What are they so afraid of? Why the shaking hands, the weak hands, the shaking knees? Why are they trembling? Well, remember this. God's people then were in a similar position to God's people now, to us now. They have promises. They have promises, but they're promises. They're not fulfilled yet. This chapter is written to people whose circumstances are actually going to get way worse. Isaiah is prophesying things are going to get really bad, and then the Lord's going to deliver you. So they have hope. It's real. But it's future. Sound familiar? But we actually have it way better. We have it way better. We, as a church, we can look back at the cross of Jesus Christ and know that our future is secure. We have the Holy Spirit... It's been poured out, if you're a believer, dwells in you, and he's our guarantee, God's word said, of our future hope. We have the word. We can read Isaiah 35 and say, that's actually, I read Revelation too, that's pointing to that day. We have the completed word of God. Way better. But, our knees still shake, right? Our hands get weak. We get cowardly. We get anxious. We lose hope. So this word tonight, church, is for us. It's for us. And I think verses 3 and 4 
Give you and give me a remedy for when you're afraid. When you're paralyzed by fear. When you feel like you've lost hope. When you believe. Lord, I know I believe. But help my unbelief. You've been there? Been there? So here's the way back according to the text. And I... I'd like to think of this, I'm envisioning these three actions that we'll talk about. It's kind of like a circle with three arrows. The arrows go both ways. So if you want to list it as three points, I know we always have three points, that's fine. But I'm kind of thinking it as a circle. It's like three parts of a circle. This is the way back to trust. So the first part of the circle, remember your hope. Or point number one, if you will. Remember your hope. And that... We're seeing that in the second part of verse 4, 4b, and really the whole chapter of 35, the second part of verse 4. Remember your hope. Second little arrow in the circle is get courage. Get courage. That's verse 3. And the third, completing the circle, number 3, give courage. That's the first part of verse 4, 4a. Give courage. So that first circle, that first arrow if you will. Remember your hope. Remember your hope. If you're, a, if you're a member of this church, or if you're a Christian here visiting with us today, you're here because you've believed the message, right? You've believed the message about Christ. You can read that second part of verse 4. God's retribution is coming. Here's your God. He will save you. And you can say, Amen. I believe that to be true. I've put my faith in Christ. Praise the Lord. That's it then, right? We're nice and easy. We're, we're good. We've, we've believed. We're on our way. This Christian life's like kind of a piece of cake, right? No. That's nobody's testimony. That's nobody's testimony here. Re- remember, though, remember those first few months. Think about the first few months after the Lord saved you, or the first year, that honeymoon period. But remember the seal? Remember the faith? What happened? Why, why isn't that your experience and my experience 24-7, 365? It's just not. The truth is, life is hard. The Christian life is hard. Bad things happen. Two Christians, circumstances change for the worse. People die. Marriages falter. Sins, it feels like it's always crouching at the door. Right? And when these things happen, we lose heart. We lose heart. We're we're human. What's really true, what's really true, God, Christ, the gospel, the Bible, our hope in heaven, Isaiah 35, those things get clouded by the storms of life. And when we can't see, we get afraid. Our knees knock, our hands shake. And our heart doubts. If, if that's you right now, I, I empathize with you. I've been there. All of us who have walked, through the, walked with the Lord for some time have been there. You're not alone. That's good. And I want to encourage you to remember your hope. Remember that reality. Reality is not what you see right now. But some, something is clouding your vision. Something's clouding your vision, and we need to figure out what that is and do something about it, because you need to see again. 
God hasn't gone anywhere. Your hope hasn't gone anywhere. He's still there. But something is clouding your eyes. So this is not exhaustive by any means. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bullet point four common culprits. Four common things that just in my life and just walking with the Lord and in others' lives, these are four common things that just cloud our vision to who God is. And these will just be bullet points. So sin, I would say number one, the first common culprit would just be sin. Probably the most common one. Sin, especially secret sin, will crush you. Will just blind you to reality. Will blind you to who God is. You can't see him. Guys, don't play games with secret sin. If you're in sin, repent. Repent. So there's four, four common culprits and there's four responses to those things. So if you're in sin, repent. Repent quickly, repent often. You need forgiveness from God and confess to someone else as well. And you will be healed. David the psalmist said, my, all my bones were broken when I was in sin. I confessed and I was healed. So the second culprit could be sinful, but it's a little different. I would say coasting. Just coasting. Maybe there's not overt sin in your life, but you just, if you're honest with yourself, you're just lukewarm. Just kind of going through the motions. Just kind of blah. Just the Christian life has become eh. What? Worship God. <laughs> Worship God. If that's you and you're coasting, the antidote to that is Worship. Get your eyes on God. Read, read the whole book of Isaiah. Sit down and read the whole book of Isaiah and just get a vision of God. Read the book of Job, especially the end of Job, this amazing picture of who God is. Come here and sing with God's people. Put on some music that exalts the Lord and just belt it out. Worship Him. Get your eyes off yourself. Third thing, suffering. Suffering. Mental, maybe. Physical. Maybe it's God's discipline. That's a form of suffering. Suffering often can cloud our vision to who God is. Right? It's hard. If you're in it, it's hard. If you're going through pain, it is hard to see the Lord. But if you're in that, if you're suffering, you remember the suffering servant. You flip over a few chapters from where we are. Isaiah chapter 53, and you read about what God has done in Christ. You remember that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, God in the flesh, came and absorbed all of God's wrath for his people. So that in your suffering, in your suffering, Christian, there is no ounce of punishment or judgment in your suffering. You need to know that it's, it's hard. It's hard if you're suffering. But you need to look to Christ and remember who he is. And lastly, lastly, another culprit, maybe one we don't think of, prosperity. Prosperity. You just don't need God. I'm not saying prosperity is bad. I'm not saying blessing is bad. But you can get to a place where, a dangerous place, where things are just going so well. They're just going so well. That if you're honest, you just haven't thought about God in a long time. You just, maybe you're going, maybe it's part of coasting too. But things are just going so well, you just, eh. Do I really need him? Brother or sister, if that's you, you're in a dangerous place. You're in a dangerous place. Reassess 
and recommit. Reassess and recommit. What are you living for? Be honest with Examine yourself. Scripture says examine yourself. What are you actually living for? Reassess, recommit. Don't fool yourself. There's many more. There's many more reasons. Maybe there's some other reason tonight if you're in that place. But whatever it is, whatever is blocking your vision of God, you have to get it out of the way so you can remember who he is. Remember your hope. And if we do that, we'll be in a position, a better position, to, to get courage for ourselves. To get courage. That's verse 3. Get courage. Strengthen the weak hands. This is the second arrow. Second arrow we have. Get courage. Strengthen the weak hands. Steady the shaking knees. Those are commands. Those verses might sound remember. Those phrases might sound uh, familiar, rather. The author of Hebrews cites this text in chapter 12 maybe a more familiar chapter, in the context of, of suffering, specifically suffering under, under God's discipline. The author there is essentially telling the Hebrew church, hey, things are tough. You guys are suffering. You're in pain. I get it. But God is in control. And he's your father. And he loves you. Therefore, take heart. Get some courage strengthen your hands, stop shaking, you've got work to do. Church, sometimes you just need to give yourself, yourself a little talking to. We live in such a psychologized time where where self-help, Joel talked a little bit about this this morning, self-help, self-care, those are kind of the buzzwords of the day, and I'm not against those things. But the truth is, yourself You know, that wonderful little voice inside you, that scripture would say your sinful flesh (laughs) needs to be controlled and told what to do. I love the way the old Welsh pastor, Martin Lloyd-Jones, put this. Pastor, before he was a pastor, he was actually a psychologist. Think about this. This is from his book on spiritual depression. Listen to this. This is gold. The main trouble in this whole matter of spiritual depression, in a sense, is this. That we allow ourself to talk to us instead of talking to ourself. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? This is his solution. You have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. You must say to your soul, why art thou cast down? What business have you to be disquieted? You must turn on yourself, upbraid yourself, condemn yourself, exhort yourself, and say to yourself, hope thou in God, instead of muttering in this depressed, unhappy way. Want some courage? There you go. These old guys knew a thing or two. Church, so, so once, we've, once we've steadied ourselves then, we've remembered our hope, we've taken hold of God's promises, we've, we've gotten some good old-fashioned courage, Martin Lloyd-Jones fashion, what do we do then? We pass it on. We pass it on. Number three, we give courage. The third and final arrow in our circle, we give courage. Look at verse 4. We've, verse 3, strengthen the weak hands, steady the shaking knees. And then verse 4, transition, say to the cowardly, or the ESV translation says, those who have an anxious heart. 
I like that translation. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, do not fear. Remember, this is written in the context of all God's people. So if you've received courage from the Lord and now find yourself in a good place spiritually, great, praise the Lord. But it's not ultimately about you. And you're not in this just by yourself, right? Look, look around, look around. The guy next to you might be hurting. That brother might be hurting. The sister across from you might be paralyzed by fear, struggling with something, anxiety. Your brother, your sister, someone for whom the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood. Church, we're in this together. In fact, if you're a member here, you've committed to doing this Christian life not on your own, not just on your own, but with us, with all of us, as messy as it is. And that includes the person you know right now that's in a bad spot, the one who's hanging by a thread. That was you once. Now it's time to help your fellow soldier. You're not just going to leave him there wounded, right? No. No. We've committed to this work, church. So, so maybe think of somebody right now. Right now. Somebody you have some relationship with, preferably. It's not doing well spiritually. Have you reached out? Have you reached out? Have you taken that step? And it might be hard. The first step's hard. And it actually might end up being a lot of steps. It might be persistent. This might be an ongoing thing you're stepping into. But have you taken the step to say to them, brother or sister, I love you, and I tell you this from God's word, you need to be strong. You need to take heart. You don't need to fear. Here is your God. He will save you. Have you tried? Have you tried? If you haven't, you need to. Think about this. Maybe the Lord of glory, God wants to use you to reach another brother or sister, one of his children, one of his sheep. Maybe he wants to use you to reach him, reach that person with with his kindness, to remind them that he loves them, to exhort them, to encourage them, to challenge them. We want to be useful to the master, right? If you're here and you love the Lord and you're trusting in him, you want to be useful. You know what he's done for you. I'm so thankful for the times that God's used people in this church to help me. People, some of you sitting here right now, to shake me up and say to me, hey, Dan, hey, stop being controlled by fear. You're acting out of fear, brother. Stop letting anxiety win every battle. Many of you do this work well. I see it going on. Praise the Lord for that. That's God's grace to us. There are many people who could testify to others helping them in this way in this church. Thank you. I thank you because many times I'm the fearful one. I'm the fearful one. If you're here and you're the fearful one, if you're the anxious one, I get it because that's, that's my MO in my flesh. If I let myself talk to me and not talk to myself... That's me. But hear me on this. I say this with gentleness, but as somebody who does understand where you're at. This is maybe hard truth, but I think it's important. 
if, if you let yourself, you may, you may use your anxiety, your fear, as an excuse to isolate yourself from the body, from other Christians, to the point where you're actually in sin. Brother or sister, that's not what God desires for you. And it won't help you. I know, believe me. You need the body. You need your brothers and sisters here. Get desperate. Get desperate. Realize you need help and let somebody, maybe just one person, maybe just one person, let somebody help you. If, see, if God's commanding his church to give courage to others who are anxious, to do what verse 4 says, well then, those who have received courage from the Lord and strength from the Lord need to be able to access those who need help right now. Isolation is not your friend. It's not your friend. It hinders you and it hinders God's work in the local church. If you have any questions about that, I would be happy to talk to you more about that or meet one-on-one, discuss my history, ongoing struggle as a Christian who just battles anxiety. Still do. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to fight and work through. We do that together. All right, in conclusion, church, if... If we're doing these things well, if we're remembering our hope, this, this circle, if we're remembering our hope, if we're getting courage, if we're giving courage, and that can go both ways, right? If we're doing that, at the end of the day, we're just pointing up. We're just, we're just pointing to the Lord and saying, look to him. We're pointing to each other and saying, look to God, look to him, hope in God. It's not about how well we're doing. It's not about who's strong and who's weak and who's anxious and who's not. And who, it's, it's not about any of that. Because that, that changes. Maybe I'm the strong one today. I'm the weak one tomorrow. Maybe in this area I'm strong. In this area I'm weak. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we're the helpers. Sometimes we're the ones being helped. No matter what. No matter what. We can just bank on this fact that God will show up. No matter how you feel. No matter how scared you are. No matter what lies your present circumstances or your flesh are telling you. No matter what. Here is your God. He will save you. So be strong. Do not fear. Let God's promises, let his word give you courage. And then pass it on. Exhort somebody today who needs it. Because we're, we're in this together. Let's pray. Lord, we need your help in this. Lord, if left to our own devices, we will turn in on ourselves, Lord, and not not do this work, Lord. So help us, Lord. By your grace, may we be a body that trusts in you, goes to you when we need help, gets courage from your word, and then gives courage to others, Lord. May we do this for the good of those around us and your glory, we pray in Jesus' name.